Yo, Sean. Yo. Remember when we were watching Myth Mythic Quest? Yes. And they talked about TTP. Yeah. Well, it was very ironic that you sent me the picture of uh, the penis pond. In oh, the Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing thing. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I started watching the, that show with Angela and we watched that episode. And the first thing she asked me was, is TTP real? Did she and, Google it or did you have to explain it? Um, well, they explained it in the episode, right? Time to penis. She's like, is that a real thing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, then, yeah, you, you sent me that that picture, like out of the blue, too, right? Yeah, I was just on Reddit, and I thought it was funny, and I even captioned it, I think, TTP. Yeah, so, you know what's not a TTP? You know, <laughs> there's no penises going on right now in, Where? This, in this episode. Your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Save On Screen Podcast with your host, Sean and David. I had to mute my mic. <laughs> do you ever do you ever wonder where like short forms of names come from? Like the I, random ones. Like, how does Bob come from William? Well, in the UK, William and Bobby are like, I don't know. Yeah. It kind of works then, that way. But then Richard, the short form for Richard is Dick. Uh, I was explaining that to somebody today. I'm working on a uh, entrepreneurial project. And uh, the one thing that I was discussing with somebody, I was like, oh, I'm looking for stereotypes or typecast people that do this current thing. So I like sent off a few and I'm like, and then you have your Karens and your Richards. And they're like, what's a Richard? I was like, I was being politically correct. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I didn't write just like you. You also have your Brad's. But like, you know, I just just like the douche bro. Oh, okay. Like you just assume like his his hat sideways, he's got like his muscles out of his his tank top, he's crushing a a two four a Coors, you know that yeah. guy. Do you ever wonder what our show would be called if like we had different names? I think if we were both named Richard, we could be this could be the Bag of Dicks show. The Bag of Dicks show. <laughs> I don't know. Like you know, I was thinking about it the other day because we hit two milestones. This is like, although it shows that it's our 60th episode, this is like our 20th episode with the new format, with the the properness. Well, like We've been, more updated. Yeah. We're in the 21st century. Yeah, I, I believe it's either 20 or 24. We've been we've been doing fairly well, but we hit uh, some milestones with listens and views and downloads. So. I mean, we're 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 trucking along. My my long term goal is to have this like be really really massive, big, and do this for my career eventually. I yeah. think maybe well, it's just a hobbyist podcast for now. Who knows? My goal is to get ten listens per month. That's a that's a pretty. <laughs> I, I'd like a minimum of like 
50 an episode right now. I think we're averaging about, I think it's what? Uh, we're, 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 we're doing 70, okay. 75 to 80 a month. Yeah. And you know what? It's a lot. It's a lot to do with us. We're going to tell you guys the secret. We don't advertise very well. We forget. <laughs> yeah. We're, we just legitimately, we post every Friday morning. Th- this Friday, I remembered, we're trying to get more consistent. But we do find when we post on the Instagram, you guys do cometh. So thank you for being here. We have a, a pretty busy show here. Um, just to get pleasantries out of the way. Did you get up to anything this week or was it a lot? Of, are you still just grinding through Final Fantasy with your OP characters? Um, well, funny thing about Final Fantasy is that I am far from OP in that game. Uh, now that you caught up. <laughs> yeah, I actually have just I think I mentioned I was just playing through the the uh, campaign like the story missions of like a realm reborn, which is like the first, like is the base game. There's like four major expansions to the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm like nowhere. I I've seen other people's characters and they're like level, like they're max leveled and I'm like level 20 and yeah, but it's fun. No, I just, I honestly, this week I haven't played too much. I've just been pretty pooched from work. It's been a busy week. I, the thing that I've noticed is that during this lockdown, this pandemic, all the stuff that's going on, lots of people are getting their teeth done in dentist's office. Now, I work in oral surgery, if anyone hasn't known, doesn't know that by now. So we kind of do the opposite of what like dentists do. <laughs> in, a, in a sense, you know, you go to the dentist to like make sure your teeth are okay. And we just like yeet them right out of your mouth. Yeah, but yeah, like a lot. It's been pretty busy at work. Like lots of people are getting their teeth pulled, you know, for various we various reasons. Uh, you know, teenagers getting their wisdom teeth out. You know, can't have a lot of smart people around. And yeah, I don't know. Haven't had too much time. I I come home and I sleep. It's, Angel's, it's Angel's birthday this weekend, though. That's true. She's yeah. turning the the big nineteen. I'm just kidding. yeah, yeah. Uh, she looks at you know it's that the <laughs> Asian genes. Age is but a number. No, yeah. uh, I was telling her though the other day is like it sucks that her birthday is uh, end of January because it's so close to Christmas. It's literally a month after Christmas, and like two weeks before Valentine's Day. I can't win. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to do a Valentine-centric uh, episode. I know I've been talking to a few of our, um, I, I would say, curators, and they're coming up with a list of, like, top ten rom-coms that you could watch with your partner this this Valentine's Day that maybe isn't the most sappy, but you'll have a good laugh and uh, some good actors. So I'm looking forward to the list that they curate come up for me or come up with for us. However, uh, I don't know what the play is for Valentine's Day this year because you can't really go out, right? Like, no. as far as I know, and I, I know we try and stay out of politics, so I'll make this super brief, but the numbers are going down in Ontario, but people are also neglecting to realize that we're testing less people because our test centers have become vaccination centers and the death rate is climbing. So it doesn't take 
a rocket scientist to realize that the numbers aren't really dropping. It's just we're not testing as many people to garner the same results. Oh, so we're doing what Trump said that they would do. Yeah, so yeah. They, like they might reopen everything and restaurants will be packed. Um, I know my, my biggest advice to everybody here, uh, which is going to sound super contradictory because we're like, I know both David and I like to support like in Ontario. Anyway, we both have Microplays near us and Microplay is a great, great store for video games because they do. I, I feel as if they do at least trading and reselling at a more yeah. respectable yeah. rate. Um, and like, we like, we love going to the smaller vendors We're we're very big on local stores, but shop local for Valentine's guys, help your small businesses out. There's so many restaurants right now that are offering menus that if you pre-order by like, like there's a few in my neighborhood that if you pre-order by like February 5th, you get a three course meal for two people for $65. Oh, nice. And they deliver it. That's awesome. And, and you know what? Like if you're not going out for valentine's day you know just turn off a few lights put on some berry white and be sure to just you know just make it romantic light some candles just be, per- be just be sure to uh put a mask on your richard before you get too <laughs> far into anything <laughs> what are we going to talk about today <laughs> uh, so you know what going on the opposite of local um Big, big news story this week and in the gaming world, and it doesn't even involve gaming. It involves the one company that we all mutually kind of despise but have to go to because they have the stuff that we want. Um, And it's mainly GameStop, not necessarily EB Games here in Canada. I know they're the same kind of property, but they're also separated. Um, Jesus, have you been following this GameStop story? Yeah, it's a mess. It's Reddit it's, just blows my mind that it can it can do what it can to the point where it got Elon Musk involved. Well, so before we started recording today, I uh, I was looking a little further into this, and it's a it's a lot more in depth than it it seems, right? Um, and I know, like you you had a, a post from. CNET saying Reddit and Elon Musk sent GameStop stock soaring. Um, so, okay, long story short, what happened recently is GameStop stock price went like what, like over doubled. Uh, so last week oh, it it took it a, a little spike to seventy seven bucks. It jumped more than 822% from 1725 US dollars a share at the beginning of the year to a high of 159 US dollars on Monday. So, um, yeah. So at the beginning, yeah. So it closed the year at a, a mere 1385. I'm trying to get right to December 28th, but they stopped trading. So 1938 as of the last trading day of December. And then, essentially what what's been happening or what the the motive is by these redditors is they're trying to kind of stick it to the man and take out short sellers who are investor groups like Cytron that invest a ton of money into stocks of different companies when they spike they sell they make a, cl- a quick profit and then they walk out the problem is if they're also heavily invested in these companies they're 
going to be the people who are helping foot the bill on some of these returns. And I know Cytron has been on the hook for millions of dollars mm. already for this. Where it got interesting is last week, Reddit decided, hey, let's attack GameStop or GME on the New York Stock Exchange and the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, and they got it up to about 40 bucks, which was pretty cool, right? And then Friday it closed at like $77 and everybody's like, holy shit, what is going on? The weekend rolled out. There was no trading. Yesterday, I get a, a call from my friend. He's like, hey, do you do stocks? I was like, not really. He's like, I just got a hot tip from my uncle. $36 right now on GameStop. And he's saying it'll be $100 by the end of the day. Guaranteed. I was like, okay, I've been kind of following the story. I saw it jump to like $77. I don't invest at all in that kind of stuff. Well, I can tell you this morning I signed up for Well Simple, which doesn't help me because three three days from now I can finally access the money I put in. Yeah. Um, and this morning it was already too late for the GameStop um, stock, but it closed yesterday at. I know it opened this morning at two sixty nine sixty nine, and when I sent you the text message, I just put nice underneath it. <laughs> and today it closed. At $347. So if I take $347, I don't really care about the nickels and dimes, but it's $347.50, and I just divide that by 36. It went up 10 times. So its stock is higher now than its highest point five years ago. Um, I'm just looking at the, the stock on my wealth simple app uh it is currently at 347.51 us dollars in the last week it jumped literally within within like the last week uh yeah 829 percent it's crazy because it's it's gonna crash and that's the thing is like all these people now have uh all of this money in invested in GameStop as kind of a joke, right? Uh, and they're going to they're gonna sell it. I saw someone posted a picture, and he's got like $10 million now in investments in GameStop, and he's just going to sell it and run he's off. He's going to take that. a 30% hit on that, though. Well, depending on what country he lives in. But still... 30% of $10 million, that's still a significant chunk of money to walk home with, right? That's what somebody told me this morning. They said that they bought last or they bought yesterday at 42 bucks or something. And whatever it's sitting at at noon tomorrow is kind of like where they're playing chicken. Because they know anything that got put in today as of 4 o'clock will show up first thing in the morning. And if this thing jumps to four or $500, they're cashing out immediately. And there's no point in them reinvesting that load because they could just like the 30% hit. They literally paid like $200 for their stocks. Mm -hmm. That's how many they bought. Like they didn't buy that many shares and they're already up a couple grand. Like, holy shit. Um, So on uh, data is beautiful. That subreddit, there's a, a top post right now. It says GameStop, a story in four charts. And this kind of summarizes what was uh, going on. 
So uh, one, a chaotic trending forum on Reddit has grown steadily to 2.5 million members. So over the last uh, five years, uh, Wall Street Bets, that subreddit, That's the has one. grown to over two and a half million subscribers. Um, the GameStop shares have steadily declined over the last five years. Uh, and they have never really hovered like they've never really been super, super high, you know, like 30 bucks a share at its high point back in like 2016. And then uh, users started to rally behind um, a few investors that see value in GME and people started talking about it. So that's, that's the big thing is like the more and more people start talking about it, the more people are like, okay, you know what? I have to buy into this. Same thing happens with cryptocurrencies with Bitcoin and stuff like that. If you remember from uh, three, four years ago, uh, the whole, the, the last big jump in Bitcoin prices and people were buying in and it happened the same thing. This same thing happened this year when Bitcoin reached about $50,000 Canadian for one. Um, and it's actually settled down a little bit, hovering around 46,000, but still like that's a significant jump. So anyway, so s- similar thing happened where a lot of people are talking about um, the GameStop shares. And then all of a sudden people started buying into it and its share price jumped significantly. And you'd mentioned uh, it's a lot of short selling or shorting. So for people don't that don't know, shorting is selling stock that you borrowed from someone else and then buying it back to return it. So you have to make money by buying it back for less than you sold it for, right? So for people, like there's a lot of people that have shorted GameStop when it was like 10 bucks or around there, right? So now they're panic buying because they have to... Like they they have to make money off of this. Yeah, it's right? legitimately the wildest thing out there. And like um, Senator Alexandria Osorio Cortez wrote out, <clears throat> and this is a beautiful tweet. Got to admit, it's really something to see Wall Streeters with a long history of treating our economy as a casino complain about the message boards and of posters, also treating the market like a casino. Anyways, tax the rich. Uh, tax the rich. <sighs> Now, you had mentioned that, uh, or is it the CNET thing? Mentioned something about BlackBerry. Uh, so BlackBerry is a hot one right now. You know what? Before we say anything else, guys, we're not advocating for this. <laughs> if you want to gamble your money on what's going on here, awesome. Like I've considered it, but I also know that if I start gambling, I probably won't stop. This is why I don't like going to casinos. Um. Which is hard to admit, but like, there's a reason why if I go to a casino, I take $40. And if I, like, I play for fun, like, I'll go with my mom for like slots or something, but I won't spend more money than I want to because I can play video games at home for free that I continually take my chance in. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. However, we are not advocating for this. Do not. Like, I'm not going to even repeat the subreddit. If you want to go back, fine, great. 
but do this on your own risk. Like we're not telling you you're going to get rich. But with that being said, the big hitters this morning were BlackBerry, Nokia. Um, there was what was the third one? There's another random. Oh, AMC. And do you know what all four of those companies have in common, David? Uh, they're all old, decrepit, irrelevant companies. They're going out of business. GameStop literally closed 50% of their American stores. I don't know how the hell it's surviving in Canada. I mean, they do things a little bit differently up here. That's great. But even with the the economic crash that's happening and um, retail, like the EB near my store, which is still like I'm still operating, that EB has been shut down for two months. Yeah, it's been black. It's it's tough to see. But like, I don't even like meandering in there anymore. I can buy video games off Amazon. And as I said, I'm a big advocate now when it comes to video games to go to resellers. I love local shops. They get to know you. It's it's much better. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this just because like it's crazy. Like, I don't think either of us are educated enough to explain fully what's going on. However, because it is a game like it's a huge story in the gaming world like the thing is i think ultimately this is going to affect these companies in a very negative way like people are going to lose their jobs over this kind of stuff right like if like blackberry for example is has been struggling for the last little while like they they've had to change their business structure um ever since you know iphones and android really took over the market share right like they just couldn't really keep up with um, what was relevant, so to speak. Um, But let's just say figuratively speaking, hypothetically speaking, if this happens to BlackBerry, right, um, that's going to really affect the company because sure, their stocks and their shares are going to skyrocket. And the company that is worth, you know, $5 million now might be worth, you know, $20 $20 billion by the end of next week, right? So this sets a a precedence for the company like, oh, we're worth so much more now. Uh, and then the problem is, is when companies see, they, they just see that, that top number, right? Like, oh, we're worth $30 billion. And then when that number drops, then they're like, oh, shit, we're losing money. We have to lay people off. <laughs> Even though they never really were worth that much, right? Yeah. Like GameStop is not worth, you know, $157 a share. Like they're a shitty company and poorly run, right? But it's because uh, this just shows how the market is so easily manipulated by, uh, you know, a few million people with, you know, a hundred bucks. They, they got some help too. Like if you look at the GameStop thing specifically, Elon Musk brought up, up buying the stock right and they like they've taken to discord now and this is where i thought it got a little bit dicey last night um because discord as many of you guys know is a great communication tool but discord is also used in a very popular practice which is kind of frowned upon on twitch uh, for rating right and doing ratings bumps so you subscribe to a like a raider and they will raid your your stream to give you um like views population some subscriptions 
and then they'll fuck off. They'll sit in there for like 15, 20 minutes. They'll chat with the robot. They'll chat with you and then they'll take off. That's what a raid is. They did this to Soldier Boy yesterday and filled the chat for over an hour trying to get him to say the word GameStop so somebody could get audio of him saying buy GameStop. Like what they're doing is dangerous and slightly nonsensical. It's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to say the least. Um, I do want to get to one quick tweet that I saw today. Actually, two. What one is about this, and one is just more of a <laughs> something that I made a comment on, and then it kind of got some steam. Um, but so I got one from Anna Casper, and it says, "So market manipulation by Federal Reserve's pumping money into failing banks and corporations is okay, but Reddit users rallying GameStop is wrong and needs to be regulated." Whew! Funny how quickly financial press cries for hedge funds just people like calling it out as it is the one thing i laughed at and it got ratioed pretty hard so i made a comment was anybody else's boyfriend's talking about gamestop all day and i just replied if your boyfriend was talking about gamestop today it was far too late (laughs) (laughs) he should have been talking about it yesterday yeah um do you want to get into things that'll make you mad yeah because there's one thing i like it's It's being mad. Okay, well, speaking about other unfair things, you remember our Game of the Year episode? Yep. And how you and I have a very, I guess, unhappy view of how the Game of the Year is um, curated and voted for and how it doesn't make sense that Sony somehow always comes away with these exclusive games that win game of the year, but somehow they also have less votes in every other category, but game of the year, it's mm-hmm. almost like they pay for it. Mm-hmm. Well, IGN dropped a bomb that we reposted this morning. And that was that the last of us two is now the winningest game of all time with 261 Game of the Year awards, beating out The Witcher 3's 260. Now, David, 2015 was a long time ago, but can you tell me what console The Witcher 3 came out on? Um, no. Well, it came out on the PS4. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I, I served you a beach ball there. That wasn't even a softball. That was a goddamn beach ball. So I know uh, like this, uh, this is one thing that we agree on with IGN as well. IGN in the past has called out Sony for their shenanigans before. And the last of us two was not an amazing game. It is a shenanigan itself. It is a sub, you know what? I would say it's above average. I would give it a seven and a half out of 10. If I could go back and re-rate it. But for the amount of just walking you do in that game, or like you just you're just running through zigzags, hiding from people with guns that are stronger than you because the game's designed to be against you the whole time. There's not a lot of challenges unless you play the hardcore mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it is what it is, but like, so when will this be fair? So here's the thing: what makes a game game of the year? money (laughs) how many they sell advertising i I think i think a big part of what makes a game good is how like the basic 
way to measure how good something is. Movie, music, album, TV show, um, video game. You know, even a, a pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, so good. Um, is how many they sell. <laughs> right? Like, we... The thing is, they don't have a chili cook-off and have the number one person who got, you know, everyone loves, you know, Grandma Joe's chili. And they didn't win the chili cook-off because, you know, Uncle Ben... I don't know. What I don't. I don't know where I'll you're go. going. This, 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 is, this is tough to track. This is a really okay. It doesn't make sense that. Okay, so hold on. Uh, the NDP group. They are a fairly, you know, accurate and well trusted uh, market research group, right? Like they they track a lot of sales for various different things: video games, movies, cars, dishwashers, you know, microwaves, all that stuff. Sure. Um. So the rankings that they have done for the top selling games um, of 2020. Uh, this includes all all platforms, um, physical and digital, from Nintendo, PlayStation, Steam, and Xbox. Um, wow, I'm not even surprised. I just pulled that article because VG Charts wasn't working. But go on. Yeah. So. The number one game sold in in quantity in 2020, which is actually really surprising, was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. But can, I, not, can I stop you there before you get into the rest of the chart? I'm not going to go through the entire chart, but yeah. I, I, know, I know what you're aiming for. That's why I want to stop you on this one specifically. There's no reason why this game shouldn't have been the top selling game of last year. And here is why. It came out for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. It was a launch title for consoles. Yes. There is no reason this game should not have been first. Continue. Right, but I would never see like any of the Call of Duty games considered Game of the Year. But also look at how soft the launches were this year. There's yeah. th- this, this is an anomaly within itself. Yeah. Now, this one is interesting because uh, this uh, the number three game of 2020 that sold the most copies does not include digital sales on their list. And that's Animal Crossing New Horizons. I like how you skip number two because it's also Call of Duty. Well, it's Call of Duty, whatever. People bought it for the people bought it for the companion of uh, Warzone because Warzone dropped in March. Just at the right time, right? Actually, <laughs> actually, Modern Warfare came out well before Warzone did. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I I know that for sure. But like, if you look at the markets, um, yeah. like the spike, if you bought the core game, you were able to level up your battle pass faster. Like Warzone's yeah. free to play, yeah. but pay to win. But uh, so Animal Crossing New Horizons physical release did enough sales to outsell pretty much any other game that came out in 2020 and it is nowhere near considered game of the year how is that even possible it literally saved you know millions of people from boredom and you know just going crazy 
during the initial lockdown of 2020. Um, and then later on down the line, we have, you know, number six, which was the last of us part two. Oh, I got to number six. Congratulations. Wow. Um, below that, you know, the, the last 15 were like Ghost of Tsushima, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Final Fantasy 7. Was there uh, another game that was released this year that cracked the top five? Probably like a sports game, right? Like FIFA or Madden? Top five was uh, Madden. How did uh, Sword and Shield land? I, I've closed the link, so. It's not even on there. Which is also surprising. Yeah. So essentially, like the, the fact that The Last of Us Part Two managed to win Game of the Year, like two, what was it, 261? Yeah, 261 different websites gave it Game of the Year. Like, how is that even possible when, you know... Sorry, that's wrong. It's They won 261 different awards for Game of the Year. Oh, different because, awards for well, like Game some, of the Year? Or two hundred some of them would have been, like, different voice awards. acting. Okay. Voice, yeah. So how is it that... Okay, well, granted, you know, like, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons can't really compete in best voice acting and some of all those those campaigns but i and we talked about this in our game of the year episode when it comes down to selecting a game of the year you know the one game that you need to play that defines this past year in gaming why is it always the sony published games the ones that sony puts a ton of money into and I'm not saying they're they're bad games, but they don't fall in the 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 correct definition of game of the year, you know. And The Last of Us Two, yeah, The Last of Us Part Two is a prime example of a game that was released to such controversy. It was delayed so many times. Um, like granted, yes, it did have a better launch than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but there was the, like the fan base was so divided with you know some of like the social issues that they were kind of pushing in the game, and you know the way that the story went, like how they treated certain characters and stuff like that, and like even you said, you know, there's so much just random walking through the game. <laughs> It's just it's it's mind boggling that this is still a problem in, you know, well, now we're in 2021, but it's still a problem in the gaming industry where, you know, and ultimately it comes down to Sony just wants more sales of it. You know, how much money did they how much money did they put into, you know, essentially buying these votes? Right. Yeah. Allegedly buying. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, like hypothetically saying, like, how much money did they put in to potentially buy these votes because maybe the game didn't sell as well as they hoped? Yes, like they're the sixth best-selling game of 2020, but they were probably expecting it to be a whole lot more, right? Um, it was one of those games that. You know, at the time I was working at a uh, a game store and it didn't fly off the shelves. You know, we had copies sitting around for a few weeks. 
Um, Animal Which Crossing. Animal Crossing, on one, the other hand, you know, was sold out the day that it released. Bro, Animal Crossing was still sold out going into Christmas. Right? It, it's just mind-boggling, and, and it's kind of infuriating because there's... I think there there's going to be... Well, there's a ton of companies that have made amazing games that will never get a chance to be promoted in any of these game awards because they don't have the big budget behind them as Sony has put into their games. Like you don't hear people talking about the last of us part two and telling everyone that they need to play it. But one game that Sony has released in the last few years that is always, always, always on uh, you need to play this game suggestion is God of War. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And that's the thing. like there's. I could understand if The Last of Us Part 2 was as defining as the first one, right? Because everyone says you need to play The Last of Us. Everyone says that you need to play God of War horizon zero dawn all that stuff there's the, there's the continuing discussion about these games and recommendations but i can't remember ever reading anyone saying oh yes you absolutely need to buy buy and play the last of us part two um it's one of those games that people suggest like oh you know what if it's on sale for like a really good price maybe pick it up but if you had to choose between The Last of Us Part Two and, you know, God of War or Horizon, then play those instead. It's just yeah. it's just frustrating. Um, I, I would say just on that note as well, when it came to The Last of Us Two, I got it at launch. My friends are like two other friends got it at the same time. One was a couple and one was a uh, just <clears throat> a, a single dude that was playing it. Right. It doesn't really matter that it was single, but whatever. <laughs> we were all playing through around the same pace. Then the couple got kind of bored. Then my PlayStation 4 decided it was going to conk out. And it took, like, it was just frustrating to, like, get the game started to play. But when I got to play, I got to play. Um, and then on the on the flip side of it, my other buddy literally just finished it in, like, October. There comes a point in the game where it just becomes so stale and stagnant. Like you're hours in and you just finish like the opening, like I guess the chapter or the title sequence. Like I know cyberpunk gets compared to it for like how it takes literally two hours to get to um, like the titles, the title card, right? Like it Mm -hmm. takes a while to get to the title card. And the last of us kind of does this long. That which have you? Uh, I guess you haven't finished the original Last of Us, but the very beginning of this Last of Us game is so long. You're walking in the snow, like I just did that for Red Dead, man. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. So, to me, and like I think I want to lay it to rest here because I know we still have a few topics to do before we wrap. Yeah, David's gonna get real angry this episode. This was not a game of the year. And the fact that it won this many, I, I just have no faith in the voting system anymore. And I'm, I'm hopeful that this year we see some changes. 
but Cyberpunk's going to win game of the year somehow and yeah. It'll make no sense. I'm I'm hoping that with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X um we're going to really see games kind of advance from where they were or where they ended on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that we'll see some more contenders for you know Game of the Year and some of these other big awards from the likes of Microsoft and Microsoft published companies and Nintendo and stuff like that. So, Well, the first official um, Game Pass and Smart Delivery kind of one that they showed off at the beginning uh, was finally released today. Or yeah, I guess it was just made available on Game Pass. Uh, I want to say yesterday or today. So we're looking at today's Wednesday our time. So Friday, yeah. So it's been released already. Um, Medium. The reviews are out. I know I like I had it pre-downloaded. Uh, I saw it kick up onto my Xbox last night when I was playing it, saying it was ready to play. Um, resoundingly pretty good reviews, seven out of 10. The, there are some performance issues, not cyberpunk related, but it, I guess it does take a little bit or it doesn't hold up on 720p or not 720p. It doesn't sit on 60 frames per second. So that, that's something interesting to me anyways. Um, I don't know if you've already downloaded it or you have played it. I intend to at least play an hour so I can report back next week, but I want to know your thoughts. Um, I have none. I haven't downloaded it yet. I haven't played it yet. I uh, will probably check it out this weekend for a little bit. Uh, it, it looks interesting. Um, it, this is the one that can like, you can change back and forth. Like, right. Like, it, yeah, it goes through the planes. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really interested to see how this will handle on the Xbox Series X because um, if I'm not mistaken, was this not the one that was shown on the PlayStation Days of Play uh, announcement? No, I believe Medium is an, uh, is an Xbox exclusive. I thought it was the PlayStation one. But anyway, so this is uh, definitely something that's going to take... Um, take advantage of the what is it the velocity memory or whatever yeah um of the xbox series x for like seamless load times um it it looks really interesting i think it's uh if it is um just to confirm it is xbox's first major exclusive Okay, yeah, there we are. So it, it in the was, generation, so um, the one thing that I find really interesting with this, and and we'll we'll find out more so when we actually dive into the game, is if you can shift dimensions at any point in the game, and uh, the the map stays the same, you're but you're just kind of like in like the the world is different, um that's a lot of work they would have had to recreate every map twice which is uh really like i i find that kind of thing like really interesting um i i like games that do that where you can kind of see 
where you are, but in an alternate dimension, right? And it's the same, same, but different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to try this out. The reviews actually are are pretty good. You know, like uh, it's sitting on Metacritic right now for PC at about a seventy six. But uh, yeah, I just took like the average number. IGN gave it an eight. Uh, PC Gamer gave it a ninety two. Um, Which is a super surprising yeah. score. GameSpot gave it a ninety. You know, so. Uh, It'll be really interesting. It reminds me of more, maybe more of an in-depth game, like successor to the the likes of uh, Until Dawn and the what is it, Mad Made of Medan or something like that. Yeah, and the Expo- PlayStation has a, a time shifting game coming out too, or um, a dimension shifting game coming out, and they have Ratchet and Clank. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to see this a lot just to see what the limitations of the, the consoles are just and like I, in movies. Yeah. I think, uh, I think this whole idea of, you know, being able to seamlessly go between worlds with minimal load times. I feel like part of me is kind of concerned that it's just going to be like a tech demo. It's like, uh, what was it for the Xbox one? Um, the Roman one. Mm hmm. Whatever one that one is, I I honestly shit. Oh, Rise, Son of Rome. Rise, Son of Rome. Yeah, that was just like kind of a glorified tech demo. It was fun. It looked phenomenal for the hardware at the time, um, but really, it was just you you know that it was just made to kind of show off what the systems can do. And I feel like these games, like Ratchet and Clank, sure that'll be a lot of fun. But I I feel like a big part of what they really showed off and and are promoting is like the minimal like zero load times um and we saw a little bit of that on uh the astros playroom uh when you're going from zone to zone it kind of had like a little warp thing and it was really short but that was the load times like so i i think they're like kind of aiming to have those down to even and even shorter times so um i don't know i'm i'm excited to finally play a true next gen game yeah, everything um, that we've had out right now has just been patched. We will we will both play it and give you guys kind of uh, our thoughts next week. Um, another quick news hit is that Harry Potter, uh, there will be or the the rumors came out that Harry Potter will have a TV series coming to HBO Max. Now they the thing that I find very interesting about this is they specifically use the Harry Potter name they don't say like the wizard uh the wizarding world right um which is what they've been doing in some of their their gaming or like their their game properties especially with that playstation exclusive or not playstation exclusive but it was a playstation timed exclusive and now it's just a playstation game with xbox as well at the same time so are they going to kind of give us a harry potter after and his their kids are going to hogwarts and it's an hbo max thing as we've learned from disney plus it's not that difficult to ruin something that we love oh my god shut up we're not even there yet (laughs) god damn i hate this guy um so so we'll it's going to be very interesting to see kind of like where it takes us and uh i'm i'm hopeful that we we see something really really cool um 
do you want to get into the Xbox stuff real quick before we get into our WandaVision recap? Yeah, for anyone who has been living under a rock for the last two weeks, Microsoft decided to announce that they were changing the price of Xbox Live, effectively making, uh, well, getting rid of the 12-month memberships, which I don't know if you can even buy them anymore. Like, well, you could buy I, the 12-month Xbox Live. That's what I did, and then I just boosted it. I know like a lot of stores stopped, like, they stopped sending out the cards. Um, but uh, they got rid of the Xbox Live 12-month subscription and increased the prices of everything else. So essentially, the six-month membership was $59.99. $59.99 US dollars effectively making it for one year double the price of PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh well it was what like fifty nine bucks for a year, right? Something uh, like that. Yeah, here it's sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So it essentially doubled the price for uh a year and everyone was just like losing their shit over it. Like it ended up being the worst value in gaming and like worse than Nintendo switch online. <laughs> and that That's takes a lot. Pretty bad. That takes a lot because Nintendo switch online is a, a total ripoff. Um, but it was what, like less than 12 hours later, Microsoft, kind of went back on what they were back on their announcement. And they said, Oh, we did not expect everyone to be so upset. I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, And they reversed their decision to change the price of Xbox live gold. And they also announced that they, I don't know, is it effective immediately effective immediately or is it starting sometime in February? The, the, the free to play, the, um, yeah. I came across an interesting article saying like they were going to do that near, like in the middle of the year anyways, kind of as like, uh, you know, when they drop a little piece of news at E3 and everybody goes nuts. Well, online E3 this year, they were going to be like, Hey, you know what? We're going to make sure everything's free to play. So just like your friends, uh, with PlayStations, now you can play call of duty Warzone or Fortnite together with these people type of thing. Yeah. So it's and that they did it just as a PR move. Yeah. So they, they went back, they said, Oh, we're sorry. You know, we're not going to increase the price of place or Xbox live gold. And, uh, Oh yeah. By the way, you don't require Xbox live gold for any free to play games, which is something that they should have done decades ago yeah they were just like we're sorry um i i can't help but feel like this was just a move originally to push game pass subscriptions um do you know how they could push game pass subscriptions make it one entity and a lower price you want me to pay 120 dollars a year sure but be upfront about it fuck yeah. Like just just drop it to $99 and make it worth it. Like yeah, okay. I'll admit I love Game Pass. The fact that I can get free games at my fingertips is great. The fact that I didn't have to pay 79.99 today to get medium I think is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't see any reason as to why that wouldn't be something that I would be excited for. I I think a big part of it though is how much money are they making off of Game Pass subscriptions that 
people aren't using. That's also a very fair right? question. You know, with game with uh, Xbox Live Gold, you know, people are the the system is integrated with the online infrastructure. So you need essentially a gold membership to be able to use the online stuff. So people are always using that um, aspect of the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but Game Pass, you know, one the last game that I downloaded on Game Pass was um, Man, Man of Medan or whatever on there. Um, I played it for a little bit, but that's like something that I've been playing with um, Angela because it's more story driven and we, we enjoy playing those games together. Um, but think about it, how many people have a subscription to Game Pass and they really are only playing, you know, one game. Well, me too. Like since I've moved to the Xbox Series X, I'm not filling up my hard drive. Like I have my Xbox. Um, I have some Game Pass games on my Xbox in the living room, but I'm not playing that one very often. Like, what was it the other night when I wanted to play Battlefront? I well, I played out there. That's off my Game Pass. So, like, I mean, I am using it, but I'm not. I'm definitely not getting the money's worth for it. Right. And I I, I bet that um, Microsoft has some sort of agreement with developers that if their game's on there, they get paid for however many downloads. Oh, absolutely makes, they, they are. They probably get a, a, a chunk of money for being on the library. I think you'd be naive to to believe anything else. Right? Like it, it makes sense because like there has to be an upfront incentive for uh, a company to have their game on the Game Pass library, right? So sure, Microsoft's going to give them fifty thousand dollars to have your game listed, but then for every download um, of that game, they would get a certain amount of money, right? So how much money are people giving Microsoft for Game Pass subscriptions, Game Pass Ultimate subscriptions, and they're not utilizing it? Yeah, like there's a massive game library, but there's a lot of people that don't play games religiously. And there's a lot of really shitty games on on, uh, Game Pass as well. So it my guess is that it was a way for Microsoft to push subscriptions to Game Pass because if you can get Game Pass with Xbox Live Gold for 120 bucks a year, that's, you know, essentially the same price as um a year of Xbox Live Gold. Yeah. For at their um modified price point, right? So more money like, for Microsoft from people that aren't necessarily going to be using the service, right? Like, I know I've been up to bat for Microsoft in the past, and I know this was a huge save face move. They had no choice. They they had to revert because people were pissed. And, like, you know what? Right now they are the cheaper console, and they are easier to find. They, they, it's an easier console to acquire. We know that very, very well. The problem is now... Where do you go from here? Because the 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 cat's out of the bag here, guys. We already know what your plan is. We know fully that you are ready to just drop the ball on us and increase the price a second or third time. Yeah. So we're, we're aware. That's coming. We know. My guess is that E3 this year, they are going to release or announce some major modification to either the Game Pass model or Xbox Live Gold, or they're going to merge it all, all into one. 
it's going to, there's going to only be one option. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. You heard it here first. No way did I hear it here first. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about next? Okay. How angry well, am I? How angry am I going to get? Well, you know what? I'm going to let you just go first and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, but go on. Go for it. Let let me have it. Why did you hate this week's episode of WandaVision? WandaVision is the worst series to come out in 2021. God, I hate you. I just, oh, I can't do this. What a stupid show. Why is it stupid? Tell it's me why it's stupid. Dumb. Okay. In three episodes, we've had 60 minutes of actual content. We've had 90 I- minutes of, of runtime. I actually think you're wrong on that, but go on. What do you mean? Um, I, I just just continue okay. continue to talk. 60, I, I want to look something 60 up. Sixty minutes of show, right? Because each episode is like twenty minutes long, give mm-hmm. or take a few minutes, because they have to do a recap, and then the credits are always like ten minutes long, something stupid like that. But as we spoke, oh, hold on, before we get into this. For anyone listening, major spoilers ahead. (laughs) You gotta, if you haven't watched the most recent WandaVision, or I guess episode three, you can stop listening now and then pick up this episode where we're after you've seen it. Mm -hmm. Then you'll agree with me. Uh, So for three episodes, 60 minutes of actual WandaVision goodness. We've had maybe like 15 minutes of actual content that relates to the bigger picture. That something else is going on. And I've had these conversations with other people and other people have tried to convince me that, oh, it's you got to look in the background. It's like there's there's stuff going on in there. Uh, it's it's a show for the hardcore fans. No, it's not. It's on Disney Plus. They advertise it as something in the Marvel Universe. And I know that on our previous episode, I said this, you know, there are probably more people who are just, you know, the average. I like watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's probably more people like that than there are the hardcore. You know, I'm going to analyze every little aspect of the show. Yes and no, but yes, go on. So there was like maybe like the the whole third episode with the babies. Stupid. But you have to. So my understanding is that episode four, like they've just said they spent the three episodes uh, like establishing kind of like that sense of misdirection. And now episode four is where things will come out. Even Elizabeth Olsen said like for the people who are like weary, don't worry. It, it's coming. The boom is here. And I get that there's only five episodes left or six episodes left. We're on. Yeah. Episode yeah, six episodes yeah. left, but have uh, like the episodes have been getting incrementally longer. I know it's even by a minute or two. You notice at the end of the last episode, it goes widescreen, which was really unique. Yes. To to kind of like the format they've been shooting. And as I as I alluded to in the last episode, they're focusing on the era adjustment. It's era one, era two, era three. Um, Deborah Joe Rupp just said in an inter- in an interview, 
she was very happy that she didn't have to do the episode that would have been like based in the 70s because she's already done that for 10 years, which is a really funny joke. And kind of like, haha, like on the nose. But it's an appreciated kind of like little tidbit of information. The thing I found the most interesting when it came to kind of like your te- your message to me was, this is the stupidest fucking show I've ever watched. I was like, I haven't even watched it yet. <laughs> I, I was like, I was waiting. I knew I was probably going to watch it on Sunday, maybe in the night. Like I, I had no kind of idea of when I was going to watch it. I just knew I was going to watch it. And I was like, oh, shit, what happened in this episode? And the first thing I noticed was there was a ton of um, Geraldine. Like, even in the opening credits, it was very Brady Bunch. That's what I felt watching the credits, watching kind of like the like the the comedic styles, the tropey kind of stuff. Um, and then they really start kind of like within five minutes of the episode, like Vision starting to break the fourth wall. Which I don't know if you noticed because you were too busy hating everything. No, no, no. I watched the. I, okay, so it's not, like, <laughs> it's not like I watch these episodes and I'm just sitting there like trembling in rage. Well, this, no. this is how I feel. But go on. I, I watched the episode, and then afterwards, I tremble. <laughs> I tremble in rage. Okay, hold on. Okay, so give me an example of when he broke the fourth wall. So there was. Um, okay, I'll give you two different ones. When he is originally talking to Herb, and Herb is like cutting through the wall with his hedge clippers. Yes. Right? Okay. He looks at the camera. Like he clearly looks at the camera and like visibly kind of makes like a grimace kind of look like, I don't know. And then he goes back, which is something kind of like Brady Bunchish, like the little smirky kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the other one that was super intentional was when he walks into the room and Wanda's on the couch and he's like, so I just was outside with Herb. Something's definitely wrong around here. Don't you think? And instead of looking at Wanda, looks at the camera. I don't know if that's like her subconscious using um, vision to be like, hey, there's something wrong. Right. But then we see that jump cut. It goes backwards. I'm sorry I snapped. I realize I'm recording. But we we see that jump cut where she's like, no Viz, everything is perfectly fine. There was two moments within probably a, a three minute span where he completely broke that fourth wall by acknowledging that we existed. Right. He, we, he was literally telling us, or he was like, I guess speaking to real Wanda and being like, dude, what the fuck? So, so those things though, those are interesting. Because but that was within those, five minutes of the episode. Like, it yeah, wasn't very long. But then it goes back to nothing. It goes back to, like, s- stupid bullshit about her. And they talked for, like, I f- swear, for, like, ten minutes about the size of a baby compared to a fruit. And Yo, the name. Okay. And all that shit. So, you know, it's the th- little things that they do. Yeah, sure. Like, I and I remember when he, you know, said it's something is, like not right here or whatever and he looks to the camera because i'm like okay so they're alluding to something else here it's like this is interesting like he knows something's up and then it goes to their bullshit baby talk stuff um it's just and everyone has been saying the same thing as you is that oh there's all these little things like that that they they are putting in there 
and you have to really keep your eye out for it. You know, like one, one guy that I was talking to told me like, Oh, there's all this stuff in the background that you have to kind of look at. And I'm like, people aren't watching the show to analyze it. You know, I actually didn't think this episode was like, I thought, I thought a lot of stuff was like, wasn't even hidden in plain sight. Like they were pretty much in your face with a lot of this stuff. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I knew, I know that like stuff is there, but I'm not going to like watch this the a show and be like, oh, what's that painting on the wall there? Oh, like what what's uh, what magazine are they reading there? Like because that's not that's not good storytelling. And and that's my big problem with this is that right now in the first three episodes, it's not good storytelling. There's nothing that is making me connect with the characters there's nothing that's making me want to learn more about them or have any concern for their safety or what's going on. Because when when something happens and you start getting that feeling of, okay, something like something is not right here, something serious is happening, then it turns into nothing again. It just goes back to their happy-go-lucky, like everything's fine. Um, now for people who are currently yelling at me saying that it's only three episodes in and I have to give it a chance. I am going to continue watching this series because one, it makes for great conversation. And two, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's a segment for the next five weeks yeah, is what it's it a is. For the next five weeks. Uh, and I, I feel like, yes, it will get better and it will eventually come into one central storyline that is like a coherent storyline that makes like not necessarily makes sense, but is engrossing and is interesting and makes you want to watch more. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to relate back to the Mandalorian Oh my god! All I knew. <laughs> you know, it's the only other Disney Plus original Disney Plus um, series that has come out, right? Like that is part of uh, a major IP. But those episodes, while they were disconnected, like each one had its own. You could watch them out of order, really, from, for the most part. A majority of them out of order. Um. Each one had its own individual story, but each one had its, you know, climax. It had its, you know, it had everything that makes a story good, right? And at the end of the episode, there's another problem that they have to solve, or you know that they're going to the next part of their journey. Whereas in WandaVision, the first three episodes, there's not really the next part of their journey that you are concerned about. You know, sure, now they have, now she's got babies. It's like, okay, now the next, like, nine episodes, she's going to play, like, a a mother protecting her her children. Right? Like, when when, uh, Geraldine or whatever was, like, thrown through the time warp thing, whatever it was. You'll hold on to the end of the episode because I want to go back to some of your points. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, when that happened like the last 30 seconds, that's when I was like, shit, now this is getting interesting. 
but then the episode ended and then we sat through six minutes of credits. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, that happens in The Mandalorian too. The only thing I would, like, I mean, if you're watching the credits, you do see like little things kind of like up here, which is very much like The Mandalorian minus the whole, like you get concept art. The big thing with The Mandalorian was, yeah, it was just concept art and that's why people watched it. Also, the other big original series for Disney Plus, because I just had to look it up with a big IP, was High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody gives a shit about High School Musical. I just, you know what? You you said big IP, so I had to look. That's like one of their biggest ones, like, ever. And it turned, like, 15 this year, which is also stupid. That's how old you are. Feel, feel better or worse? Okay. <laughs> um, Going with the fruit, because this is a huge point of contention. I saw this fought about on the internet. I jumped in on a bunch of conversation. You have to remember the one thing that made this episode incredibly unique was it was like a 60s, 70s blend. It was based off the era of the Brady Bunch and Mork and Mindy. What does uh, like what does that mean to you? They're doctors, like, and doctors still do this now, and like I've seen my friends baby app where it's like your baby is the size of a, a melon or a cantaloupe or a pineapple mm-hmm. every single time that the babies were referenced there was a different fruit in the screen so it was showing the progression it was just like a nice little nod but it was it was unique because the 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 team that's doing this i think it's matt shankman is very very like he's very detail oriented and I saw an interview where he in, or he had a conversation with Favreau and Fellini being like, Fellini, Filoni, that guy. Fellini. The guy knows what he's doing. We got to give him the benefit of the doubt for another episode. And the only reason I say that is because I think this was meant to be a slow burn that was going to ignite. Okay, but after... I know, I know you're going to be mad at me. No, but that doesn't, that doesn't make, that doesn't make the story good just because they, they talk about a fruit, the size of a baby compared to a fruit. And that fruit is in the the set somewhere. Doesn't make it good story. I haven't even begun to argue about the story. They still do. They still spend 10 minutes talking about the size of a fruit compared to the baby. You got to no. remember, they're, they're trying to tie this all into a comic book storyline of the Vision and the Scarlet Witch and like the House of M. So this is where they're like focused on. I mean, there is that that scene where like all that chaos is happening and they go back to back, which is like the cover of issue number one of Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Vision and the Scarlet Witch do have children that are kind of created through a bunch of stuff so the best explanation i could find so i didn't butcher it is very briefly because i i again i don't want to butcher it but billy and tommy were born to wanda and vision in the 1985 comic vision and scarlet witch they were unmade when it's revealed that they were fragments of wanda's powers and imagination imbued with shards of mephesto's soul and reabsorbed into the master's phenomenon I know that's a lot. They become young Avengers, Billy and Tommy, or why can't I think of their names right now? Um, Wicked and Speed. So they, they, they had to do it this way in order to introduce this villain. However, Hold on. I've now what? Their babies made from her imagination. What a stupid concept. 
but this is a comic from 1985. What do you expect? I know they were dumb because um, Wanda was in more like the way I don't foresee any way of vision coming back to life unless they use the time to stone to undo his like just get him to a point where they can copy the stone essentially i just don't see it sorry paul bettany i love you i think you're a great actor but it's time to move on from the character probably and like i think he knows that or i think he's aware of that in these scenes the the Big story drivers to me anyways were how fast the babies were coming and there was an emphasis on speed. Mm-hmm. Like it was just bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Well, they had All 20 minutes that they they had to have the babies conceived and born. So, I mean, you, you, get, you could ride that horse until you die, <laughs> I guess. The other side of it was the meat and potatoes of the episode came with Geraldine, right? Like Geraldine just shows up the sword pendants on her necklace and Wanda's starting to like figure out that she doesn't belong there. I was like, why are you intruding into my, my life type of thing? Swords trying to protect her. We don't know to what extent, but Monica Rambo again is the daughter. Remind me what the sword thing is. All right. So sword is a intergalactic shield essentially. So yeah, no, I thought it was um, like that. I'm trying to, I, I can't remember the, it's called Sentinel World Observation and Response Department. Are they good or bad? They're good. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. But so I was on the the right. Do you, do you remember the end of Captain Marvel where they yeah, were like, unfortunately, they, they were kind of, um, they, they alluded that Nick Fury might've been Skrull kind of thing. Well, he so, was on, he was on a spaceship. Yeah, so Sword was originally an offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D., but since the departure of Nick Fury as the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., relations between the two organizations became strained. The head of Sword is Special Agent Abigail Brand, um, and they work in, like, a space station. Um, Sword had to also use an undercover uh, undercover operative in the X-Mansion. So, like, there is some X-Men ties here. And I think this is kind of where things are going to go. Because like, All right? Because Disney know, owns Fox, right? So they and we know Secret Invasion's coming, mm-hmm. and Secret Invasion storyline has like Sword and the Skrull infiltrating a bunch of stuff. If I remember correctly, I don't fully remember those comics, but I think what they did, and I think they did it really well this episode. And I apologize if you hate that. And I agree that the first two episodes were not nearly what we expected, but we also expected it was a Marvel TV show. So it was probably going to be asked because it wasn't daredevil. I'm talking to you, iron fist punisher. Um, I, I think if Luke cage and if episode four can continue on from the end, uh, like the, the atmosphere of the end of episode three, like the tension mm-hmm. that was in the room when she was like, well, how did you know that? Like, cause when she said your brother was killed from, by Ultron. Right. Um, and she's like, what did you just say? Blah, blah, blah. Like the, the tension there. That's what I was like. Oh shit. Something is happening. Like what's, what's going on? Like this is getting good. And then it just ended. If they can take that tension and that, that concern that the viewer has for the characters for Wanda um, and 
have them asking questions like and wanting to see more rather than just like the episode finishing and being like, okay, that's it. Um, if they can continue that through episode four and keep building on that throughout the next six episodes, then I think, yes, like the, the series will eventually be a good one. But as it stands right now, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I get that. Um, just, just going back to the Geraldine thing real quick, because I know we're bouncing kind of all over the place. Um, the thing that kind of that, that really big oh shit moment was when she's singing in Sokovian and then Wanda's like, I had a twin named Petro and her accent starts coming back because she starts bringing it back mm-hmm. because like the, the like uh, Kevin Feige and Elizabeth Olsen have already said that no Wanda's more Americanized. Now she doesn't really use the accent. She uses it to blend in. Um, But the fact that, Geraldine kind of like blew her cover and was just like, yeah, didn't your brother die from Ultron? It was just like, oh, like that was to me like an oh shit moment because like I I know that as the viewer. Yes. But yeah. And that's the thing is it's, it's those it's those things that create attention and makes you want to know more and want to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so far they've had that happen once in a five minute scene. Right? Like if shit crazy shit was going on when uh they were talking to Vision out on his front lawn. And it's like this is good. This is interesting. Like something is going on and it's starting to leak. Right? Like they are trying to tell him that something is not right. But they're yeah. trying to hide it at the same time because they know that they're being watched. Like all of that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff because that is that adds mystery and, you know, you want to find out more. But like I said, you know, the the biggest problem that they have right now is that they have these little tidbits of this this excitement, so to speak, and then they just kind of shut it down. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping that we get to see more of what's on the outside right um what's what's happening with Geraldine and uh sword or whatever it is and kind of figure out what is actually going on why are they going through these different time frames where are they because clearly they're somewhere that is control not, not maybe not necessarily controlled by Wanda but it's controlled by someone Right. Yeah. Um. It, it's also interesting to note that like the theories are becoming very, like I I think where there's smoke there's fire and we already know that the Doctor Strange movie is going to be in a multiverse setting and it's going to spill over into Spider Man. And there's a working theory, as I mentioned last week, that this is going to be kind of like an infinity war Endgame style event between the two films, because I think that's where they're going to try and graduate Holland into the new, the new caregiver of the MCU. Mm-hmm. If he shall bestow the, the iron spider type of thing. Right. But 
they're they're using these three as one big trilogy, and I, I think that's kind of really cool. But I, I'm sure I'm not sure how they're going to accomplish it. Like, I have this really deep feeling that either we're going to feel very unsatisfied when episode nine ends, and it's not going to be like that. We like I I feel as if the last four to five episodes of this are going to be great because it just it kind of has that like all right, the pot's filling and now we're going to turn on the kettle kind of feel like that. That's just the bubbling sensation I'm getting from it right now. But okay. What's going to happen? Like, is she going to turn dark? That's kind of what I think is going to happen. And maybe she's not going to be Strange's ally at the beginning. Maybe strange has to like save her from the multiverse of madness. Maybe we don't, we don't know, but whatever she, whatever's going to happen in this, this series, is going to have some serious implications for Spider-Man too, right? Because like we know at the end of Far From Home, Spider-Man has just been outed by Mysterio and Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. What part of that ending led to the fact that Tobey Maguire is going to be in this movie? Like he's got to clear his name and deal with the multiverse? The fuck? Like, you know, like there's, there's yeah. so much going on. Yeah, it I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful for the remaining episodes. You know, be sure you, you, you everyone's going to hear my opinions on it. And who, who knows? Maybe next week I'll be like, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm I, very I, interested to see what the 80s, 90s troop will be or trope will be. Yeah, Um. I will say really quickly, I think next week we'll we'll try and break down episode three and four Easter eggy a little bit more and spend a little bit more time on some of the things that we find on the Easter egg hunt. Um, I will say, though, I'm incredibly excited to see how the set changes because the the incredibly very Brady wood staircase and color was just beautiful. I thought they did a really good job with the set design. Um, on the inside of the house, I, it looked very sharp. Mm-hmm. And now, are they I, going to copy Full House, or they're going to copy what was it, the Steve Urkel show? I like. I would assume Family Matters, Family Matters and Full it. House are kind of like in the realm of the next things. But she might also be snapping out of it because if you remember seeing the trailer, there was a lot more going on, and like you see her actually flying and a bunch of other stuff going on. So. We will see. Well, that's also one thing before we end. The the one thing that I hope that they address is the doctor knows that he was, you know, vision carried him and they moved extremely, extremely fast. And he didn't really uh, seem too completely shocked from it. Right. Like he acted as if it was expected, right? Cause when he's done, he's like, Oh, can we like walk or move a little slower kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah, it, it'll be the, interesting to see how the characters in the, the town, it's kind of like, a. so I think they all know, I know and um, the, like the Truman show. Yeah. yeah. There, there's two reasons behind that is when the doctor is leaving, he said, well, there's no really, no real way out of town anyways. Right. And that like that oh, kind yeah. of stuck in. But like, there's no you, uh, you can't go on vacation because like, there's no escape or something like that. 
Yeah, the the fact that like when Wanda loses control, which has happened numerous times throughout the the series, the the characters become looser. Like the reality is a little bit when Wanda can't focus on keeping the entire neighborhood in check. There's there's no like boundary, and you see them almost slip up, right? And then Herb doesn't come up with that information because Wanda just kicked Geraldine out and restored order, right? Like she wasn't confused anymore. There was nothing really holding her back, mm. and that that to me is kind of what happened. Um, I'm I'm very excited for the next episode. I'm excited for your thoughts. I'm sure you're going to tell me you hated it before I watch it. <laughs> I typically watch on Sundays just for everybody who no- wants to know. I-, I like to watch the the show on Sundays. But that's all the time we have for this episode. Now, as always, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Talk to us on Instagram. We're not scary people. Maybe David is. But he just likes to yell about things that make no sense to him. And that's okay. Um, there's dozens of us dozens I tell you but for, for, for now that is it thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next week peace